Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likut HaLochas, Yoradeya, Chelek Sheni, Hilchis Kilei Behema, Halacha Dalid. We're in the middle of paragraph Yud Dalid, which is a long paragraph. We're up to the sub-paragraph in my version. V'chol ha-tikunim nimshochem nitleisver mechilin derachmi. Rav Zal is discussing the holiday of Hanukkah as it pertains to everything we've been learning about and going into some depth now, quoting the Arizal's Kabbalistic information regarding Hanukkah and weaving it together with Likut Imran, with chapter two in the second half of Likut Imran, which is about Hanukkah. Before we begin, we dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu'i Nishmas, Sarobas Reb Shmuel, dedicated by her son, Moshe Hamburg, who's sponsoring the shir today, and Li'ilu'i Nishmas, Horav Arye Moshe Eliyahu Bereb Shmuel Kaplan Zechron Avracha, the famous Rabbi Arye Kaplan Zechron Avracha, who passed away at a very young age, I believe 48 years old, and who was a major, major force in NCSY, which was the, the Kiruv organization in those days, in the 1960s and 70s, and he was the one who wrote their booklets on tefillin, tzitzis, mezuzah, every mikvah, to be able to reach out to people who are not yet observant, not yet religious. He was also very knowledgeable in all facets of Torah, including Kabbalah, and wrote a commentary on the Sefer Yitzirah, a translation, an English translation with commentary on the Sefer Yitzirah. He's the one who Rav Rosenfeld partnered with to begin the English translation of, of Rabbi Nezal's works, Rabbi Nachman's works, Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Rabbi Nachman's stories. I had the privilege of having several interactions with him and seeing his humility and his greatness in many ways. He was the one who put together the presentation for Jimmy Carter at the time that the Russians wanted to destroy the kever of Rabbi Nachman by putting up large buildings in that vicinity. And he was the one who we went to, Rabbi Michal Zechronavrocha, Rabbi Michal Dorfman and I went to, to prepare a presentation for the President of the United States to be able to ha- have him be willing to, to present this at the Vienna summit to the Prime Minister, the President of the USSR at the time. And that was, that was successful. It was actually success in preserving and saving Rabbi Nezal's Sien, Rabbi Nachman's Kever and Uman from being destroyed at the time. Hashem should help. He should be a Melitz toy for his family and for all of Klal Yisrael. So how did he get connected to Breslau in the first place? Question, how did Rabbi Kaplan Zal get connected to Breslau in the first place? I believe he was friends with some of Rav Rosenfeld's students at the time. My brother-in-law, Rabbi Kramer, Gedalia Fleer, he, was, they, he knew them from Brooklyn, from Flatbush, where they lived. They might have been in the Mir Yeshiva at the same time together. And he was introduced to Rav Rosenfeld. He told me, he told me that he owes a debt, a lifetime debt to Rav Rosenfeld, because when he started getting very involved in learning Torah, the rabbis saw that he had a very unique mind. There's a book, Who's Who in Physics in the United States of America, 
and he's, he's the person that's listed there as, I think, the top person in physics in the United States of America. And the rabbis saw his brain, and they told him to learn deep, to study Eon deeply. Rav Rosenfeld told him, first finish everything, then go deep. And he said, Baruch Hashem, he listened to Rav Rosenfeld, and he was able to complete Shas Bafli, Yerushalm, you know, everything that he needed in order to get to the depth, the, the, to, to benefit completely from the big picture in the depth that he, that he got to. Uh, and again, I, I don't know how it came about, but Rav Rosenfeld and him are the ones that joined together 50 years ago to put out the per- first Breslov English translation, which was Rabbi Nachman's wisdom at that time, which was an incredible accomplishment, a Hasidic, it was possibly the first Hasidic work translated into English. And then he went on to do Rabbi Nachman's stories, and Rabbi Rosenfeld had passed away in the middle of that project. And uh, he contacted me at the time, Rabbi Kaplan, and he asked me, did Rabbi Rosenfeld give shiurim on the stories? And I said, yes. So he asked, can I borrow those recordings? I said, of course. I said, I'll do better. I'll give you his safer with his notes in it. Rav Rosenfeld used to love to write micro, very tiny. He said, wow, I gave it to him. A few weeks later, I got a thick envelope in the mail from Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan. He had gone through it with a magnifying glass and typed up all the notes and sent it to me saying, I'm giving this to you in order to save you the bother, so that you should have the benefit of you know the work that I did. Very, very special person. I'll mention one more story. I might have mentioned it in the past, but it's worth mentioning. I was once on the phone with him, and I asked him, what are you working on now? And he said, the Ktoiris. He mentioned Ktoiris. And I had learned something extraordinary about Ktoiris prior to that, and I was wondering whether to share it with him or not whether it might be like a, a kindergarten student talking to a college professor, you know, you know, he might laugh and say, of course I know that, you know. But Hashem gave me the courage to go ahead and mention it. I told him that I saw in the Shiloh HaKadosh, he speaks about Ktoris, and the Zohar HaKadosh speaks incredibly about Ktoris, and Rabbi Nezal, Rabbi Nezal have major discussions on it. The Shiloh HaKadosh mentions something, a Chiddush, saying that the Ktoiris, we're told, reaches to the highest, highest places. And Rabbi Nezal makes it clear to us that when something reaches to the highest places, it means it has the ability to go down to the lowest places also and be able to repair whatever needs to be repaired there. So the Gemara says that Mordechai is in the Ktoiris. Mordechai Hatzadik. One of the spices is Mordroer, and the Targum is Mordechai. Mordechai. Where is Haman in the Torah? The Gemara says Haman is in the Torah by the eight Sadas. Hamin ha'etz, when Hashem said to Adam Rishon, did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? Hamin. The word Hamin is spelled Heimem Nun. But the Shavuah Kodesh says, if Mordechai is in the Torah, Haman has to be in the Torah too. And Chelbena is Bigimatria Haman, exactly. Chelbena is that foul-smelling spice. What does this mean? It means that there's a Gemara that says that from the grandchildren of Haman came forth rabbis who taught Torah to the Jewish people, I believe, in Bnei Brak. How did that happen? The answer is that even in Haman, there had to be some kind of spark, some kind of spark. 
that didn't show itself in him or his children, but in a later generation came out. So I mentioned this to Rabbi Kaplan. So he said, hold on, Rabbi Nossin. I want to get a pen, I want to write it down. He didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say that. To me, that was an, an, a display of humility, saying that like he heard something he didn't know and he wanted to write it down. And it stuck with me t- till today, you know. Rav Rosenfeld would invite him when we had the, the Suda, the Hilula for Rav Nassar, Rav Nassar, Rav Rosenfeld would invite him and, and he invited him to speak at these occasions, you know. So there was tremendous mutual respect, you know, between them. We dedicate the learning also again for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Nayanachama Basgalia, Yehoshua Ruvain Ben Chana Esther, David Lei Ben Shena, Binyamin Yitzchok Ben Liba Margaret, Shena Taiba Bas Miriam, Levi Elchana Ben Yael, Chaya Shufia Shushana Bas Sora, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Daniel Boruch Ben Sora, Aviva Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, David Yeshayo Ben Sora, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiret Voira, David Lei Ben Shena, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Adasa, Gitagenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebelea Bas Sipoira, Avivi Yuana Bas Yusbehendel, Sora Rochel Bas Yusbehendel, Yehudis Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, David ben Behia, Shendel Baslea, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shloyma ben Rivka Sprinza, Leib ben Zhenya, Besoich Hillel Yisrael ben Sora, Nechemia Zalman ben Sora Fega, Besoich Sharchel Yerachmiel ben Sivia, Besoich Sharchel Yisrael. Rav Nosanzal says now, the whole hatikunim nimshochim mitleser mechil and derachmi. All of the tikunim of the holiday of Hanukkah that we've been speaking about are all, all come from the 13 attributes of kindness of Hashem, kemoi shem as the Arizal explains over there. And we touched on this in the previous year. Hainu, ki ikr bechinas Hanukkah alidei bechinas toido hoido. We said, we mentioned that what Hanukkah is all about is thanksgiving and praise to Hashem. As a result of the fact that we were saved from all the suffering then, you know, thousands of years ago, and also the suffering that we've been saved from in our lives. This kindness of Hashem that saves us comes from Hashem's 13 attributes of kindness. Shemishom Iker HaYeshua Mikol Hatzoros. It's from there that we receive the salvation from all of our suffering. By Hashem activating His great kindness, which is represented by these 13 attributes of kindness, and this is what, what saves us from all of our suffering. And when we're actually saved, that's when we bring this toida, this karban, expressing our gratitude. 
שזהו בחינס חנקה, and we've been learning that that's what חנקה is all about. ושלוש עשרה מיכילן דרחמי, הם בחינה שלוש עשרה מידש התורה דרשס בהם. השם's 13 attributes of kindness correspond to the 13 formulas by which the Torah is explained. שמשום כל ההלוכס מזבררים, and it's through these 13 formulas that the rabbis have given us, which we mention every morning, Rabbi Shmuel Oimer, Bishloish Esrei Midois, Atur Adresban, that's how we expound the Torah, that's how we get to know all the laws and all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Shetoido Hibachinas Halocha, and Rabbi Nezal shows there on Likut Imran the connection between Toido and Halocha, thanksgiving in our tefillah, and Halocha, thanksgiving being the final, final step in our prayers, after a person has been pleading with Hashem to help them and to save them. And when Hashem does help the person, the closure is an offering of thanksgiving to Hashem, thanksgiving and gratitude. So toida is the culmination, the bottom line of tefillah. Halacha is the bottom line of the study of Torah. That's the final verdict. After all the questions and answers and all the debates, what's the final decision? What am I supposed to do? Bechinas chesed. And Rabbi Nezal shows there how all of this is connected to chesed. Hainu shalidei limud halochos shenemshochem ishloish sesrebidois through the study of the laws of the Torah, which which are based on those thirteen formulas. Mo'oyorin shloish sesrebidois shorachamim. We activate those thirteen attributes of kindness. Shalidei zeh hashem yisporach merachim aleinu umoshiyan mikol tzoriseinu, which is what. Ha- makes Hashem have pity on us and save us, rescue us from all of our problems. And that results in us bringing this thanksgiving offering. And that's why Rabbi Nezal makes the connection there between Toida and Halacha and all related to the holiday of Hanukkah. Because again, like Rabbi Nezal says in chapter 1 in Likud Imran, in order for a person's tefillah to be accepted by Hashem, you need chen, you need grace in Hashem's eyes. The Torah is what gives us that chen. The Torah is called Yalas Chen. The Gemara says, Shema Lechen Alem Which Torah? In this chapter, Nikodimran, Rabbi Nezal speaks about halacha. Because halacha means you've started from the Chumash, you've gone to the Mishnah, to the Gemara, and then you've, you've resolved, you've clarified everything, you've come to the finalization with the halacha. So the halacha, the 13 formulas by which the Torah is expounded, which gets us to the halacha, connects you to the 13 attributes of kindness with, with which you pray, you, you pray, pray to Hashem for that. And, and Hashem does respond to our prayers, and then we offer the toida, the thanksgiving. And it's for this reason that Rabbi Nezal shows there in the Kutim Ran that the Gemara refers to the laws as chesed. The Gemara speaks about a rabbi withholding chesed from his students, meaning that he's withholding the halachas from teaching them Torah. Because it's through the study of halacha that we activate those 13 attributes of kindness, Shemishom Ikr HaChesed Varachmin. That's where Hashem's kindness comes from. 
ומשום כל הישועס והניסים והנפלויס שעושה עמנו ביום המהם בזמן הזה. And it's from there that all of these solutions and all the miracles and all the wonders that Hashem did for us in the past and the present, all of them are coming from those 13 attributes of kindness. And the miracles that Hashem is doing for us now, every year, in every generation, and every day, and every moment, all of this is connected to that thanksgiving and, and showing recognition to Hashem, which is what Hanukkah is all about. A short, important side note. There are many religious people and communities where whenever there's an opportunity not to say Tachnun, like everybody claps, we're going to get out of shul three minutes earlier because we, we're skipping Tachnun today. In Shachris, in Mincha, today happens to be the 14th day of Shvat, and this afternoon, which is the Mincha before to Bishvat, we don't say Tachnun. When there's a holiday, a major holiday the next day, we don't say Ana Tachnun the day before. So at Mincha today, we're not going to be saying Tachnun. An Ovel, who usually is the Chazan, is not the Chazan because it's starting, it's really the beginning of a new day. It starts from the Mincha before in some ways. So, so these holidays, these special holidays, we're told that because it's a holiday, the holiday itself activates whatever the Tachnon would do, the 13 attributes of kindness, all those things, the holiness of the holiday itself turn, gives us all of that. But when it's not a holiday, and a Jew has the opportunity to recite these 13 attributes of kindness, unless a person isn't aware doesn't realize how special this is, a person has to be silly to want to skip that, to think we can celebrate that we're not saying that. Because saying those words is nuclear. It, that, that's what activates, that's what plugs us into these 13 attributes of kindness. It's an incredible privilege. Hashem himself taught this to Moshe Rabbeinu, which we find in the Chumash, Kaviochel, Hashem put on a talus and said to Moshe Rabbeinu, watch me. You see what I'm doing now? This is what you should do. Whenever there's a crisis, whenever there's an emergency, this is what you do. You recite these 13 attributes of kindness. Now somebody's going to ask the question, but one minute, doesn't the Gemara say that, it, that it's emulating Hashem's kindness? It's, that's what turns on these, these 13 attributes. The answer is that's also true. But the B'nai Yisachar writes, that we say in the introduction to the 13 attributes, we say, Hashem taught us to say, the, to say these 13 attributes. And the Bnei Yisachar says, look at the wording there. We know that one, some of the 13 attributes are things that we could emulate. Rachum, Chanun, Erechapayim. Kel, Kel is not something we can emulate. So Kael has taught us that it's not just emulating those 13 attributes, but it's that saying these words turns on explosions of kindness on the part of Hashem. It opens 13 gates of kindness which can solve any problem, any health problem, any crisis, any financial, anything. 
So this is an incredible privilege. Rabbi Mizal in Likut Imran writes in one place where he's writing about the privilege of tefillah, Rabbi Mizal writes, not like those people who are looking just to get it over with, looking to see how quick they can get it over with, telling us that this is going to be a problem in, in, in shuls, and we don't want to be part of that problem. We, we want to be part of the solution, not the problem. When we have an opportunity to say those 13 words, to know, wow, I'm saying the words that Moshe Rabbeinu was taught by Hashem to say to activate Hashem's kindness. Question in the chat. When we say thank you, not in response to problems, does it also activate the 13 attributes of kindness? The answer is definitely, definitely saying thank you for the good things in our lives. My, my eyes are working, my ears are working, my hand. I, I woke up this morning, I was able to get out of bed myself. I'm walking without a cane. All, all the different things, begashmias, baruchis. I'm married, I have children, all the different privileges that people have. Question in the chat, but doesn't the Gemara mean in the passage about withholding chesed that not the halachas themselves are chesed, but rather the ability to learn them from a worthy teacher? The answer is, it means both. It means both. It's showing us a connection between halacha and chesed also. As Rabbein Azal shows us there in Likudim Aran. Okay, now Rabbein Azal gets into more detail about what the Arizal writes about the special kavanas of Hanukkah. And again, going to show us how it fits beautifully with Rabbein, what Rabbein Azal teaches us. One of the main kavanas intentions that a person is supposed to have when lighting the Hanukkah candles is to draw the great awesome light from three unifications of Hashem's name, which are Yichud Havaya Ekyeh, Havaya Elokim and Havaya Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, where we're taking Hashem's name and Hashem's name Yud Kevavke, which is the Shem Ho'etzim it's called, it's the most basic and most important name of Hashem in certain ways, and connecting it on three levels. Ekya is a connection to the three upper spheroids, Elokim is a connection to the six below it, and Aleph Dalet Nun Yud is a connection to the Malchus, to the lower one. So we're making three connections here. Shehem Bigimatria Ner. And the Arizal shows when you connect, when you make these three connections, Yud Kevavke plus Ekya, Yud Kevavke plus Elokim, Yud Kevavke plus it's Bigimatria Ner, which means a candle. That's what these candles represent, this, these combinations. And again, Yud Kevavke is always the, on the right side here. These other names, Ekya, Elokim, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, are three names of Hashem, which are generally on the left side, Gvura, Din. So the Yud Kevavke is sweetening the Ekya, the Elokim, and the Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. Shesharosham ve'ikorom nimshach mehayichud ho'elyoin, where the origin of all of this, and where it all really starts from, is that top one, which is the union of Yud Kevav Ekyeh, Shehu Bechinas Bina, Alma 
Because again, Ekya is the name of Hashem that's associated with Bina, Olam Haba. Lahamshich kol ha'oiro gam lamata. And what this is all about is drawing all of this light downstairs, all the way down, lebechinas malchus, shehi lamato b'mekoyma, drawing it all the way down to malchus, which is all the way down in its place, in its normal place. The reason why he's saying that is because on Shabbos, something different happens. On Shabbos, and Rav Nosenzal speaks about this in different places, on Shabbos, the Malchus goes up, the Malchus climbs up. On Hanukkah, the Chiddush is that even though the Malchus is all the way down there, we're able to bring the light all the way down. That's why we light the Hanukkah menorah below 10 Tvachen, if possible, to show that on Hanukkah, the Chiddush is the ability to bring the light down to the lowest places. So that even when the Malchus of Atzilus goes down to the lower worlds, to Bria, Yetzira, Asiya, Loses, Teref, Lebesa, to provide bounty and sustenance to, the, to its home, to all those that need it down below, there's still, we still have the ability to draw these incredible high-level lights down to the Malchus, even when it's down there. Question? You use the word sweeten. Yud ke vav ke sweetens ekye. It doesn't seem to me that that could work. Because? Because you're take, adding mercy to something that's already more merciful. Ekya is more merciful than Yudke Vavke? I always thought that that was the correct. The answer is you're making a very important point that we'll re- we've, we've responded to this. We're going to say it again because it's, it's, it's not so easy to understand. What he's saying is right. Which is higher on the totem pole generally, Yudke Vavke or Ekya? The answer is generally Ekya is higher. Yudke Vavke is the name of Hashem associated with Zeranpin, usually, although there are mo- what you learn when you learn more Kabbalah, you learn there are multiple Yudke Vavkes and there are multiples of everything. However, let's just talk on a general level. Ekya is Bina, Yudke Vavke is generally Zeranpin, let's say. However, because Ekya is on the left side, it be, because Bina is on the left side, even though it's higher, it still represents an aspect of Midas Hadin, of judgment, which that, requires sweetening. Why does sweetening. that have to be a bad thing? Why is it judgment? Why can't judgment in and of itself be exclusively a good thing? The answer is, it is a good thing, otherwise... Hashem it, used it to create. He had to add mercy to it. Exactly. So it was first. True, it, it was Hashem's first intention. At first, Hashem created with Elikim, but then he saw that that couldn't work, that it couldn't work, that if he tries to operate the world with justice, Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz he's dead, the world is over. Start again, start from scratch. Hashem saw that that's not going to work. Judgment alone is not going to work. It must be mitigated with kindness. You're on Elohim. Yes. You don't see Ekya until Moshe Rabbeinu. 
The answer is true, but Ekya, Elokim, and Aleph, Dalet, and Yud are all the left column, the left-hand column, usually. When Ekya is Bina, Ekya is also the name of Hashem for Keser, and by Keser there is no right and left. There you're going to a place where there's no concept of right and left. Again, this is why it's so important. It, it could, it's confusing a little at first when a person isn't aware of this. But, but one of the rules in Kabbalah is that everything is relative. Everything is relative. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He did, yeah, compared to him, he's a nice guy. But compared, everything is relative. I mean it seriously. And it depends on the context that you're speaking. Here, the Arizal, and again, this is very clear throughout the Zohar Kodesh, you know, that Bina, the, the, I, I mentioned this, I believe, yesterday or two days ago, Rabbi Nezal quotes the story, a story in the Gemara, about Rabbi Barbachono, who was once traveling on a boat, and they saw what looked like an island. So they went up there and they made a barbecue, like some of our friends like to make barbecues. They made a barbecue. And then the fish that this gigantic fish felt it, it flipped over. So it says, Gapa is hapech. Its back turned over, flipped over. So Rav Rosenfeld told us an incredible chiddush on that, that Gapa is Gevura Bina Hoid. Gapa represents, again, those spheroids that are on the left side, Bina being one of them. The Zohar Kodesh says, Bina ad Hoid ispashtis, that Bina travels all the way down to Hoid. The word Bina is Bina Yesoid Netzach Hoid. Showing, you know, how these things work. It's very easy to, for it to seem like things are contradicting each other in Kabbalah, but the more you learn, the more you see it's not a contradiction at all. Everything is relative. So again, in all seriousness, somebody could be considered a nice guy on a certain level, on another level, what are you kidding? Compared to that, you know, not, not in the ballpark at all. Back to earth. Ki b'shabes koidesh, continuing inside. Ki b'shabes koidesh, shematlik iner shabes, b'knisa shabes. When it comes to shabes, where we also light candles, just like on Hanukkah, when we're bringing shabes in, we light candles. The Sifrei Kabbal explain what's happening there is that the sphere of Malchus is going up many, many levels in order to connect, in order to get the light that it needs. On Shabbos, the Malchus is receiving the lights in the penthouse, when it's, in the, when it's on the roof. But on Hanukkah, it's a different process. It's the light going, reaching all the way down to the Malchus in, its, in the Malchus' normal location. This is what's so extraordinary and unique about the miracle of Hanukkah. That we have the ability on Hanukkah to draw these awesome lights to the Malchus down below in its normal position. When the Malchus is in its normal position below Netzach Yesoid. Remember, the first letters of Netzach Yesoid, Nun Hei Yud, 
is Bigematria Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, which is the name of Hashem for Malchus, showing again that that's the Malchus's normal connection. Normally, the Malchus receives from Netzachoy Yisoy, which is above it, which is this Aleph Dalit Nun Yud. Ayin Shom Bekavonas Heitev Heitev. Rav says, study the Arizal's words in the Priyetzchayim on Hanukkah well, very well. V'tovin, and you'll understand, Shezehu Koitev Klal HaKavonas, that we've basically summarized here, we've given you the main points of the Kavonas of the Arizal on Hanukkah in today's shir and the previous shir. Hainu, Shekol Kavonas Shel Hanukkah Hu Lahadlik U Lehoir Ho'oyer Alidei Kol Bechinais Hatikunim what Hanukkah is all about is turning on the, the light based on all the tikkunim that Rabbein Azal prescribed over there in chapter 2 in the second half of Likut Imran. That really includes in it all of the kavonas that the Arizal has. And what's it really all about? If you look at the end of that chapter in the Kutimran, Rabbi Ezra says, you know what all of this is really about? It's about drawing the holiness and joy of Shabbos into the six days of the week. Shezeo Bechinas, this is exactly what the Arizal is saying in different words. Shezeo Bechinas, Shehamalchus, Gam Lemato Bimekoyma. This is telling us that the Malchus, even when it's downstairs, in its normal position, which means during the six days of the week, during the six days of the week, the Malchus does not climb up. It doesn't go up like it does on Shabbos and holidays. That even during the six days of the week, the Malchus should be able to receive those incredible highlights which are represented by those three combinations. Which equals 250, which is the word Neir. What they really represent is the holiness and light of Shabbos. Because again, we're bringing Shabbos in with a Neir. The woman liked Lahadlik Neir Shel Shabbat. And again, what is this really all about? Legalois Achtus Haposhut, to reveal the oneness, the pure oneness of Hashem. Leda Ulohidia Ulehivoda, in order to make known and, and realize Shehu Hayoitzer, Hu Habayres Parashmai, that He is the Creator, He is the Master. Shekol Hapoulois Mishtanois. That all the diversity that you see in this world, all of the different, different, different things, is all coming from pure oneness, which is Hashem. This is that major statement that we make, that Hashem is Elohim. Elohim, which represents all the diversity, is really Yudke Vavke, it's really Hashem. As Rabbi Nezal expounds on this over there, in the second chapter, in the second half of Likut Imran, Ayin Sham, look over there and you'll see this all clearly. Where Hashem is just one, what name is associated with that? I believe, I believe it's Ekeh, because we're talking about, for example, the Keser. 
And the Isn't one there something called Atik something? Yes, yes. So here again, Atiko Kadisha, Orechanten, there are different terms used to refer to those highest levels. And one of the names of Hashem in chapter 6 on the Kutimran and other point, Rabbi Nezal shows that it's Hashem's name, Ekya, that's one of the names that's associated with that highest level. And up there, as if we can fathom it, there's an energy that comes down and splits. Correct. And that would be Chokhmah, that would be uh, which two? Chokhmah you just said it, Chokhmah and Bina, exactly. And that's where it splits. Exactly. And then it's coming down, like my rabbi likes to say, popcorn into a bowl, and that the bowl is malchut. Correct. Right? Correct. So that energy is flowing through these, this menorah, if you will, all the time. Correct. Depending, so it's, the, some of it no is affected di- by our activities. No difference on Hanukkah, the energy. Yes, that, difference. Why is there di- That is the natural order of things. It's the natural order. Why going up? The Roto-Rooter would seem to be the unnatural order of things. The answer is, it's true. What we said happens on Shabbos, the fact that the Malchus is able to climb up, to go up, 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 is something unusual, a chiddish. However, during the six days of the week, those highest levels of light are not, are generally not reaching all the way down to the Malchus. It takes a special, special power to draw that super high level light, bring it all the way down to the Malchus. That highest level light is going to Chochmah and Bina, maybe, and, and, and stopping over there to be able to pull it all the way because down. Because I stopped it with my and Or my lack of mitzvahs, my lack of holiness, my lack of... It takes major energy to pull that light all the way so down. So the guy in Mahut is trying to unplug any of these joints that might be clogged up. Exactly. And that's us. We are the Malchus of Hashem. There's a Pasuk Yisrael Mam Shalaisav. The Jewish people who are the kingdom of Hashem. Are we saying that Hanukkah overrides? Ex- that's what the point of this Torah is? Ex- exactly. Okay. That the holiness of Hanukkah alone, we use this term Itzumay Shalyan, the essence of day itself, is able to to, to draw that light, to pull the... And again, our act of lighting our Hanukkah menorah, bending down, putting the menorah in a lowish place, and bending, and lighting those candles, that's the word ner. We're making all of these connections. We're blasting the, this, these three connections, which are generating this light, and bringing that light below ten tvachim, which is something extraordinary. The Gemara says that never happens except Hanukkah. Because that's the realm of evil. Exactly. And so we're supposed to actually put the menorah on the floor? No, the floor is no good. It's got to be at least three tfachim above the ground, three fists above the ground, which is approximately 12 inches above the ground, but preferably below 10 tfachim, which means below 40 inches. That's preferred if it's possible. Sometimes a person doesn't have a window. The the menorah, the actual menorah. The candle itself? No, the the menorah, the stand, the menorah. Now I'll show you here again how there, there are certain things that make things clearer. We're told on a simple level that Hashem created the world, yesh me'ayin, something from nothing. The word yesh is yemin, small, right, left. Ayin is a term that's used to refer to the keser, the atiko kadisha, is called ayin or ein sof, ein sof. 
Yesh is Yemin small, and I'll show you how Yesh is ch- There's a Pasuk in Mishle which says, Kenei Chachma, Kenei Bina. Acquire Chachma, acquire Bina. Two times Kenei is Bigimatria Yesh. Kenei Kenei, which is Chachma and Bina, is Yesh. Is this Yemin small? Is Chachma Bina? That's where the light begins to split out, like he said. And again, there's so many, these the, the Sifrei I have so many things to clarify, to make this, to show us how real this is. You know? Now, so keep tying with what we're learning about having in mind the Yudkin Obi, that's why you light the candles. Is this sort of tied in? You're having Yes, this? I touched on it in the previous year. He might, we might have more on it. The, the Arizal explains that, that, again, Hanukkah being this time of unbelievable miracles and unbelievable Yeshua's and everything, is a time when the 13 attributes are, are glowing. And how does it work? He says the first seven days correspond to the first seven midos. Kel, Rachom, Vechanon, Erech, Apayim, Verav Chesed, Ve'emes. On the eighth day, Zois Hanukkah, just like in the Torah portion that we read on Hanukkah, each one of the days of Hanukkah we're reading one portion. On the eighth day we're reading ten, you know, much, much more. On the eighth day, we go from Noitzer Chesed La'alofim Noitzer to Venake. Noitzer is the letters Rotzain. Noitzer is the letters Rotzain, which is another nickname for Keser, Atiko that highest, highest place. On the eighth day of Hanukkah, we're getting those last six. Now, why is it split up to seven and six? There are many reasons. One example, Yaakov and Yosef. Yaakov is Bigematria seven times Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke. Yosef is six times. Seven plus six is the 13. These are the 13 attributes of kindness. You know, everything fits perfectly. Per, you know, there are incredible secrets as to how. But again, this is one of the kavanas that we're having on Hanukkah, that just like then, Hashem showed us these miracles, this high level of chesed. We're trying to draw down those those miracles, that high level of chesed now, through the mitzvahs of Hanukkah. Okay. Where are we? Vezet, not finished yet. He's going to add a couple of pieces to this. From the Arizal again. Vezet bechinas shloisha hayichudimanal, and this is all tied into those three unions, shehem begematria ner, shehem yichud havaya ekya havaya alkim vavayadna, the Arizal reveals, again, when we light the Hanukkah candles, the first bracha is lahadlik, ner Hanukkah. The Arizal tells us this ner, these three Yehudim, what's turning them on? What's their starter? The answer is lahadlik that the word lahadlik is bigematria of sogmo, the three top formats of yudke vavke. When we write yudke vavke with yuds, and with hayes, and with uh, of sog and mo, and with alephs. Also, you know, yud vav dalid, hey yud, vav yud vav, hey yud, which is 72, and then the other two formats. And that's what a person is supposed to have in mind when they say the word lahadlik. Im hakoyla, you know, plus one for the kimavur bekavonas, as is explained in the Arizal. Ayn Sham, take a look over there. So you're saying when Ari would uh, make a beracha 
and hit the word Lahadik. He's going to stop and do all this math in his head. The, the answer is the Arizal didn't have to stop. He was much faster than today's computers, in, in all seriousness. In all seriousness. The Mekubalim... Some guy that wants to uh, be like Ari and have Kavana has to sit to do math. Has to learn this well enough that when he says the word Lahadlik, a light flashes of Sogmo. When he says the word Ner, a light flashes those three Yehudim. When he says the word Hanukkah, you know, each one of these words. That, that, this is, this, these are called Kavanois. Kavanois. There are people, there are Sidurim that have this in it, and there are people that do this. Rabbeinus are warned that unless a person is on a certain level, it's dangerous. You know, it's not so Thank simple. The Ho'ikr, Vo'ikr, the Arizal says, of the three of Sogmor, the main one, Nimshach Behayichud Ho'elya, and comes from that top one, Shehu Havaya Da'ayin Beis, which is the Yud Kevavke, which is spelled with Yuds, which equals 72, and the highest Ekya, which is Kufsamach Aleph. When you're writing Ekya again with Yuds, Aleph Lamet Pei, Hey Yud, Yud Vav Dalet, Hey Yud. When you combine those two, 72 plus 161, it's Bigimatria Regel, Regel, the foot. I and Shamba Kavanas, take a look in the Priyat's time again where the Arizal explains this. Now note, not two things. Number one, we're talking about bringing the light all the way down to the Regel. Number two, the Gemara says that what's the times for lighting Hanukkah candles? The Gemara says <coughs> from the beginning of night, until there is no longer a foot in the marking place, in the marketplace. Why? Well, there's no other way to say it. The answer is every word in the Gemara is secrets. Every word in the Gemara is connected, is, is Kabbalistic, is operating on all levels. The Gemara uses that word regel because one of the things, one of the lights that we're turning on when we're lighting Hanukkah candles is this union of Av and Kasar, of Yud Kevavke and Ekya, the highest form of Yud Kevavke, the highest form of, which is regel, which is Bigematria regel. Hainu, Hainu, now Rab Nosanzal brings it down to us, to Likute Maran. Hainu, because it's through the thanksgiving and the praise that we zeichet to on Hanukkah, based on the incredible miracle that Hashem performed for us then, and we learned that thanksgiving is the, the, the pleasure of Olam Haba, bechinas halochos, bechinas chesed, Rabbeinu Zal showed you on the Kutimran that that's what causes the three channels of emes to flow into the four categories of speech. And this is that top connection, that top unification, Havaya Ekya, which is Yudke Vavke and Ekya. Why? Ki Ekya Bechinas Emes. Because we mentioned before, the Arizal says that there's a connection between Ekya and Emes. Ki Etshu Bigimatria Ekya Pomen Ekya. Because Ekya times Ekya, 21 times 21, is Emes, is Bigimatria Emes. So we see that Emes is a product of, of Ekya. 
וזהו אמס מאיר משם הוויה, שהוא שם עצם. This אמס is, 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 is being lit from יוד קי ואוף קי, which is the most basic name, it's called שם העצם. שכל המשוכוי של כל התיקונים נמשוך מזה השם, whereby all light from all תיקונים really comes from this name, יוד קי ואוף קי. That's the base of all bases. שכולל הכל מראש ועצוב, which encompasses everything from top to bottom, כיודוה, as is known by those who are familiar with ספרי קבולה. וזה בחינס הוויה דעין בייס, שהוא גבוה מהכל, and that's why the Arizal tells us that which יוד קי ואוף קי now are we referring to? The highest one, the יוד קי ואוף קי that equals 72, שהוא בחינס כסר, which the Arizal says in the Eitz Chaim, is the Yud Kei Vav Kei that's associated with Keser. Shemishom kol hochesed vohorachmen. That's where all kindness really originates from. Lehinotzel mikol hatzoros. To be saved from all types of suffering. V'alkein, ayin beiz begematria chesed. And that's why that number 72 is begematria chesed. Because it's that Yud Kei Vav Kei of Yud, that highest one, that's the original origin, origin, origin of all kindness. Kishom Kol HaShloish Esrei Mechil Enderachmi. Because it's up there that all 13 attributes of kindness are found, as the Arizal says. V'yalkein Shom Iker HaToydeva HaHidol. And that's why that's the place of the highest level of thanksgiving. Kimishom Kol HaYeshuas. because it's from there that all solutions come. V'yalkein shom ikar ha-toida va'idor. I'm sorry, nemtza. Sheshem ayin beiz. Shehu gematri echesed hu bechinas toida va'idor. So this particular format of Yud Kei Vav Kei, which is 72, that's really, that's the essence of this thanksgiving and praise. Shemishom meir ho-emes. And from there, from emanates emes, So the Ekya is receiving from Yud Kei Vav Kei, which in this context, the Yud Kei Vav Kei is above it. We're talking about the highest Yud Kei Vav Kei. And this is why the Arizal speaks about this unifying the Yud Kei Vav Kei, attaching the Yud Kei Vav Kei to the Ekya. Which is that first Yichud. Now, that emes that's being generated is going to shine into the four branches of speech. And that's that bottom yichud, which we said was yud kevav ke alef dalet yud. Ki alef dalet nun yud hu bechinas hadibur. Because it's that name of Hashem, alef dalet nun yud, that's associated with speech. As we say when we start the Shmon Esrei every day, the Amidah, Adot, we say Hashem's name, Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, open my lips. Sfosai Tiftoch, open my lips. The Araba Oisios, Shebeshem Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, Heim Bechinas Ribua Hadibur. And the four letters of Aleph Dalet Nun Yud represent the four branches of speech that Rabbi Nezal speaks about there in Likut Imran. Sheheim Bechinas Araba Machanois Shechina, And we know the Sifrei Kabbalah speak about the four camps of the Shechina. Bechinas Arbo de Golim, the four 
flags that the Jews had. When the 12 tribes traveled, they traveled in groups of threes. Three and three and three and three. Shehem Shneimoso Shvotem Reyakov. Those four flags which encompass the 12 tribes. Shehu Bechinas Emes. I'm sorry, Shehem Shvotem Bnei Yaakov. These are the tribes who are the children of Yaakov. Shehu Bechinas Emes. Yaakov Avinu is the concept of Emes. Titein Emes Liyakov. Shenech Leku Laarba Degolim. And Yaakov, who is Emes, branched out to these four categories, these four groupings of the 12 Shvotim. V'chol Echot Mishloisha Shvotim. And every single one of those three tribes, Shezel Bechina Shem Aleph Dalad Mim Yud Hanal, which is the name Alvan Yud, Shehu Araba Oisius, which is four letters, V'chol Ois V'ois B'miluoi Sholosh Oisius Kazeh. And each letter of Aleph Dalad Mim Yud branches out to three letters. Aleph, Aleph Lamed Pei. Dalet, Dalet Lamed Tov. Nun, Nun Vav Nun. Yud, Yud Vav Dalet. So we're seeing here how the Aleph, Dalet, Nun Yud represents the 12 tribes. There's 12 letters, which are, which are in four group, four categories. Kayodua, as is known. V'shem Havaya, B'milui Mo, and it's Hashem's name, Yud Kevovke, in the format of Mo, where it's spelled Yud Vov Dalid, Hey Aleph, Vov Aleph Vov, Hey Aleph, Zebchinas Emes. That's the name of Hashem that's associated with Emes. Kishem Mo, the Ekye, Heim Bechina Achas. Because the Yud Kevovke in the format of Mo and the Ekye are one unit. Because as the Arizal explains, Ki meho Aleph shebeshem mo yoitzei shem ekye kamuva bekavonis. The Arizal shows a chart like that when you write out Yud vav dalid hey Aleph vav Aleph vav hey Aleph, from that Aleph in the middle of the vav is where the shem ekye starts from. Is where the shem is the Aleph of ekye coming down. Again, these, for a person who's hearing this for the first time, it could be very confusing, very difficult. But again, I once heard this for the first time when I was 16 years old. And then I heard it again and saw it in different, you know, a person gradually, a person who learns Rabbein Zal Sforim, gradually becomes more and more familiar with these things, especially being privileged to have Rav Rosenfeld, who was very, very clear and knowledgeable on these things, it helped a lot. The Ekya Bechinas Emes. And we saw, saw before that Ekya is also Emes. Gam, another, another connection. Mo Gematria Odom. Memhei, as we saw in the previous year, is Bigematria Odom, Shehu Bechinas Yaakov, which refers specifically to Yaakov, Shehu Odom Shebe Markova. He is the Adam. Remember, there are four images in the Markava. The lion, the ox, the eagle, and a human being, an Adam. And the Adam that's there is Yaakov Avinu. It's the face of Yaakov Avinu. The Yaakov Bechinas Emes. If you follow the, tra- the, the train of thought in this power, Rav weaved, he sewed everything together perfectly. Everything fits perfectly. Again, a note just to show you how a person can hear one Dvar Torah-like, and it sheds so much light on this topic. 
I was once privileged to hear from Rav Rosenfeld, Avraham Avinu had a servant called Eliezer. And when, when Avraham Avinu heard that there was a war, a world war, four kings against five kings, and the four kings were so powerful that they defeated the five kings. And the Sifrei Kabbalah explain that that was the battle between Yud Kevavke and Elohim. The four letters of Yud Kevavke against the five letters of Elohim. And the four won, but they took Lot captive. They took Avramin's nephew captive. And Avramin knew that even though Lot looked like a super Russia, the word Latya in Aramaic means curse, a curse, number one. And Light was a curse. Out of all the neighborhoods to live in, he didn't choose Deal or West Deal. He moved to Sedoim. He saw the place where the worst Rishon in the world, when they decided to split up, he moved to Sedoim, the worst evil in the world at that time. But Avram Avinu wasn't fooled. Avram knew that there's a spark in there, that Moshiach is destined to come from this guy, from Light, with his daughters. Light and his daughters is going to produce Moyov, which is going to produce Rus, Dovin HaMelech Moshiach. So Avram says, okay, time to go fight these four kings. How's he going to fight them? He's, there are two opinions. One opinion is he took one guy with him. He took Eliezer. That's it. Him and Eliezer, the dynamic duo. And the other opinion is that he took 317 people, the gematria of Eliezer. Eliezer took an army of 317 to fight these four kings. Rav Rosenfeld taught us that the, the Sifrei Kabbalah bring, Eliezer is called Damesek Eliezer. If you look in the Chumash, Eliezer from Damascus. If you tell me he came from Yerushalayim, okay, who cares that he came from Damascus? The word Damesek is the Rosh Tevois Dalid Machanois Shechinto Kadisha, the four camps of the Shekhinah. The four camp, that's, that's what Eliezer was plugged into the Dalit Machanois of the Shechina. That's what Avram Avinu took with him, and therefore he wasn't afraid. Four kings, 40 kings, they're finished. Now, wh- wh- where do we see the connection? The four kings are Aryeh, Shoer, Nesher, Odom. The word Eliezer, we know that Aleph in Hebrew is one, and Aleph is a thousand. So the word Eliezer can be 317, I'm sorry, 318, I believe it's 318, or it can be 1,317. You follow the word Liezer? 1,317 is Bigematria, Aryeh, Shoer, Nesher, Odom. That's what Avram Avinu took with him to do battle against the four kings. Exactly, the throne of Hashem, the chariot, that's what he took. And that's why he succeeded, you know, 100%. Showing you how every word in the Torah is secrets. Incredible. There's incredible secrets. And again, it's only when you get to learn the Soid that all of this, you become aware of, like it's a whole, new, a whole new Torah. It's a completely new, but it's all in there. It's not, it, this, is, this is the essence. This is the heart of the Torah. This is the highest level of Torah. Any questions, please? Lot taken captive? Is it possible on our level to take something away from the... From The answer is yes, 100%. We were taught here about thanksgiving, praising Hashem, realizing that whenever there's suffering, there's problems, 
there's, there's a way to, to solve the problems by connecting to Hashem. And Rav Nelson Salt emphasized here that the best way to connect to Hashem is step one is thanksgiving. Step one is review all the positive things in your past and present. And that will, that will give you the ability to really open your heart and, and express yourself properly regarding the help that you need from Hashem, to seek the help that you need from Hashem in the present and in the future. If I might add? Yes. My friend Uncle Ronnie once told me in the parking lot that we need to thank Hashem for the things that we seem to not like. And that's really the turning point for accepting we mentioned this in the previous year, that that's a very high level, which Rav Nassim speaks about in certain places, being able to say thank you for the bad. The Gemara mentions it. The Gemara says, just like we bless Hashem, we praise Hashem for the good, we praise Hashem. There's a bracha that we make when we hear that somebody died. Baruch Dayanem, you know, Baruch Hemes. There is such a thing. But right now we're dealing with the, the, the standard levels, which are re- realizing, being able to search and identify good things that Hashem has done for me in the past and present, and, and to be able to thank Him for that. How does Midas Adin versus Midas Arachmin map with the spheroids of light? <clears throat> the answer is that even in light, there's light of chesed, and there's light of Gevura. Both of them are a form of light, number one. Number two, we're told that the, the left side, Gevura, is a concept of tzimtzum. Light without boundaries is destructive, is blinding. The Gevura is, is the boundaries on the light. It's the tzimtzum. It's a constriction of light so that we should be able to use the light in a constructive, beneficial way. This is not a Kabbalah shir. This is baby. This is... This is Torah for babe, for kids like us. I'm saying just where we're touching on these things on a very basic level that we should be able to relate to. Where are we holding today with this war? What's going on with our world in relation to what we're learning over here? <clears throat> we're at a point where we realize that we need Hashem's kindness desperately. That with all of our machinery, with all of our technology and everything, we see how vulnerable we were on, on Shabbos Simchas Torah, and we see how vulnerable we still are. We just heard yesterday that, that, that soldiers were preparing to blow up buildings that, that Hamas was using for terrorism everything, and they put all the dynamite, they put all what they needed to do there to blow up the building, and then Hamas shot a missile at a tank that was close by, blew up the tank, blew up the building, blew up 21 Jewish kids, soldiers, that were in the building at the time. They were just preparing to destroy... It, timing. Well, a matter of a couple of minutes. They, had they finished a few minutes earlier, they would have been out, blown up the buildings, and everybody lives happily ever after. How, how everything... We are only in the hands of Hashem. We are all and only in the hands of Hashem. And we need Rachman Gedolim now. If there was ever a time that we need the highest levels of kindness, it's now. And Rav Nosson is teaching us that a, a lot of it is dependent on us, our tefillah, our tefillah, our tefillah. Shem should help that we should apply ourselves. There are rabbis that are screaming about complacency, that those who are not wearing army uniforms now, we who are wearing black and white, black jackets and white shirts or blue shirts, 
better make sure that we're playing, that we're doing our part as soldiers. If we're not out on the front in Gaza, we should be on the front in front of our Tehillims and in front of our Gemara, doing the mitzvahs and ice and tevim we can do to partner with those who are out there so that Hashem will give us a complete and final victory. Complete and final victory. Mitzvah Hashem. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. Should be to the Gaula Shlema quickly. It's a shame.